welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast. I am so excited that you're here because this episode, it's going to go really deep. Um, I, I mean, when do I not go deep? But I like to talk about things under the surface. Uh, you know this about me, especially if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, but I don't like to just do the Band-Aid fixes, the Mickey Mouse bullshit motivation. It's not who I am. I'm such a, a psychological engineer. I like to know why we do the things we do, why the think uh, why we think the things that we think. Uh, I want to take things apart and be like, ooh, but why did that happen? Sometimes, according to the second Frozen movie, I get a little like too deep. I go down too far. And some things just happen. And I always want to know why. But in essence, I have been working on something with my clients that I think will help you so much throughout your journey. And that is kind of dealing or managing with this sense of control that we have. Uh, you all know what I'm talking about when I talk about control in the dieting mindset, right? Um, a lot of times, a lot of us use dieting as a hobby to where we're like, listen, uh, life is going to shit and I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm not sure what's going on with life, with uh, my career, with my job, with my family. Am I being a good mom? Am I being a good sister? Am I being a good daughter? Am I being a good granddaughter? I haven't called my grandparents that much. I need to call my mom more. I need to text. I need to blah, 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 all these things. And it gets so just paralyzing. And a lot of us too, a lot of us, uh, if you're here listening to this, if you're an exhausted dieter, we have many of the same traits, uh, perfectionism, overachieving, uh, people pleasing. And also as far as the fight or flight mode goes, we are neither. Most of us are paralyzers. We're freezers. So, um, when things are kind of like all going crazy, we freeze and we're just like, uh, I don't know what to do. So I'm not going to do anything at all. And we go to the next thing that it will make us feel safe, which is dieting, because that is where we excel at. That is where we have so much experience with so many different diets. And when the world, our world around us is going to shit, what do we do? We turn to the one place we know that even if we fail, we know how it feels to fail here because what we're really looking for is safety. But we actually kind of use dieting as a form of control. Well, at least I can control this in my life. Now, I'm not saying this is a totally bad thing because we're human beings. We need to feel structure. We need to feel a little bit of control, but we kind of go to this extreme end. So I was just talking to a client about this, um, you know, about, you know, she's like, I don't understand. Like I just, all of a sudden I'm eating so good in the morning. I'm eating so just nourishing foods. And then at night or come 3 PM, she's like, I just, I feel like I go crazy. And she's like, I can't control myself. And we talked about this, our bodies as human beings, biological makeups, uh, our genetics, who we are as primal human beings, we our bodies crave homeostasis. Our bodies love being in the middle. So I was telling a client this. So if you haven't noticed, I'm a bit aggressively friendly, right? Like if I see you on the street, I'm going to be like, oh my God, hi, I love you so much. We're best friends now. And I'll tackle hug you and all of my tennis friends know it's like, oh, Christy's here. We're going to get like 10,000 hugs. And I'm just very much so like, oh, it's so fluffy type of person. But this is what our bodies do. So it's kind of like if you see, if you can't relate to that. Um, 
when you see babies or dogs and you're just like, oh my gosh, I just, I love this so much. Look at this little baby, just so innocent, so cute. And there's so much, our, our brains are filled with so much just oxytocin. And it just is like an overflow to where we go to this extreme end. And this is where that, if you've seen Despicable Me, the it's so fluffy things come from. Now there is a a uh, scientific neurological uh, name for this, but I don't know what the hell it is. So I made up my own. I call it cuddle aggression. And to me, it feels like there's so much of that just oxytocin flowing through my brain. There's so much of the, oh my gosh, it's so cute. It's so cute that your body naturally has to balance it out with aggression, which is if you look at like a circle, that's the opposite, um, feeling of, of the just like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. I love it. It's aggression. So that's why you get the, it's so fluffy because it's the two combining together. So when your brain is like, it's so adorable and it gets into overflow mode, you just get into like this aggressive state of, oh my gosh, I just want to eat your cheeks, right? Like with the babies, they want to just like, Ooh, your little legs and the little puppies, you just want to pet them and just, Oh, you're so cute. You just like, you can't get enough. You want to morph into them. They're just so adorable, but that's why you get to the like point. And that's what I feel a lot because I just get this overwhelming feeling of just connection with people. And that's just how I was built. It's who I am. I'm not going to fight it. Um, but this is the same thing that happens with control, right? If you have a lack of control in your home life, you might have more control in your work life or vice versa. If you have more control in your work life, you might have like be a little bit looser in your work life. So again, our bodies are craving that balance. They need that balance. And that's why if we eat only nourishing foods, we eat so good in the mornings or just during the weekdays. That's why everybody says, I, Christy, I can eat so good during the week. And at work, I have my routine and my schedule and I, I eat all the things that I pack. But when I go home, it's like, oh, you know, on the weekends, it's so hard for me to stay in that routine. But really, it's routine, but it's also your body's just craving the exact opposite. It's craving freedom. It's craving the just like spontane, uh, spontaneity of let's get pizza tonight instead of eating your um packed chicken and broccoli for the fifth day in a row, right? So that's why, you know, we often kind of binge or overeat at night or on the weekends because that's our body's way of we went to one extreme, now we're going to the next. That's how our body balances things out. So in essence, this is why we keep flip-flopping back and forth between I'm on a diet, now I'm binging, diet, binging, earn and burn cycle, binge restrict cycle, like we go through that cycle all the time and it doesn't stop. So, um, there's so much that goes in this and believe me, I just had a client start with me that she is doing so well, but she started with me exactly how I started. She started with this just need, this intense need to control her body, to control everything about herself, her, her weight, everything about it. I mean, it just gets so intense that if she's not, um, you know, she won't even eat trail mix because she's like, it's just so unhealthy. And, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it and she's working so hard to reverse that. And she's doing a great job, but a lot of us have that same fear with, you know, oh, I'm not going to eat the banana. It's got way too many carbs in it. Or I'm not going to have oatmeal because that's so many carbs and sugars. And oh my gosh, it's just going to be so bad for me. Right. So we, we look for these small ways to add control into our lives, especially 
in times like this, when our lives just feel so out of control. So really what it is, is we're looking for this form of balance. That's why we go to the opposite extremes. We're super productive one week, and then we just go to shit the next week. Or one day we are so on with our meal planning and eating. And then we're like, oh, this is like, I did this no problem whatsoever. And then the next day we're like, I want nothing to do with this packaged container. Right? So a lot with control and with how people view us. See, it even goes into, we want people to view us a certain way, right? This is why, you know, we'll go to an event and be like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't wear this sleeveless dress because I hate my arms. I hate how they look. And we walk in and it's, it's boiling hot in there and we're still wearing, like, I don't want to take this sweater off and we're sweating. Right. Or it's super hot outside right now. Um, and we're afraid to wear shorts because we're like, I hate my legs. And really we just don't want other people to see us in a certain way. Right. We can't have people seeing us, um, not, caring about ourselves or not being healthy or wow, they're going to know that we've gained weight or what are they going to think of me type of thing. So again, we're trying to control their narrative. So what I want you to understand here and why I'm saying all of this is that it's impossible to please everyone. It's impossible to control everyone's narrative. It's like trying to control the weather, right? It's not going to happen. And the more that we start to realize that, you know, they, we could lose like 20, 20 pounds and somebody could still say, oh, wow, you still look terrible. Right. It's like, my husband always says he works retail. He owns a jewelry store. And he says, you know, during the holiday, during the holidays that we're trying to figure out their hours. And he goes, you know what, Christy, we could be open 23 days out of the week. Or I'm sorry. We could be open 23 hours out of the day. And he said, somebody would still be upset that we're not open that one hour per day. So it's kind of the same thing with our bodies. It's the same thing with uh, our food. You know, some things happen to where we forget our lunch, our packed lunch that we worked so hard to meal plan. And then we, we've got to go out for lunch now and shoot. Now I'm going to ruin everything. And I might as well just say, screw it and turn it into a cheat day, even though it's Tuesday and I'll just start again on Monday. Right. Cause we always have to start over. We always have to do it perfect. And we know, we know for a fact that perfection doesn't exist. We know for a fact that we're going to have hard days and bad days, but when it happens, we're like, why, why is this happening to me? Like, but no, I'm, I brought my lunch. I was supposed to do this. And, and we get upset that we're not perfect. And it happens to all of us. I'm not just saying like, this happens to all of us, but I've been reading a couple of books lately because, um, you know, something I've been going through personally is just this kind of lack of motivation, just lack of wanting to do anything, lack of just wanting to be a part of life. Like I literally just want to lay down all day. I just want to, like, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do anything. And shoot, if it wasn't for my pre-planned, um, dates for tennis or, Hey, we're, we need one more person to play in this, uh, foursome for golf, like you in and I'll, Oh, it always sounds good to do it next week. Right. Oh yeah. I'll start spin class next week. Oh, I'll start, um, you know what my workout routine next week, next week always sounds great until next week comes. And we feel the exact same way that we did that week that we do today. So, um, again, it's our brain's way of kind of saying, Hey, I'm solving the problem. If I say, yeah, we'll do it, but we'll do it next week, even though the cycle continues and we don't do it. So if I didn't have those like dates planned or say, yeah, I'll make it. I would never go out. I would never do anything. So I've been having a lot of like trouble just getting motivated to even do these podcasts, even though I'm like, 
I freaking love it. Once I get started, I'm like, yeah, this is great. Why didn't I do this before? Um, it's just getting started is the hardest part. So I don't know if any of you are also feeling this, but man, it freaking sucks. So I've been reading a lot of books on time management and productivity, and there's two books I would highly recommend if you're in this funk as well. Now, they're a little bit deeper because, you know, but one of them is called 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman, I think. And then um, the second one in this one, I actually took like a transcript from it and I'm going to read it to you because it just hit me so freaking powerfully. And it's going to help you also with kind of this control we feel like we need to have over um, our our bodies, over our food, over things like that. Um, and this book is called Dopamine Nation, and it is by Anna Lemke. So I will put both of the links to these books, and I use Audible, but um, I'll put them through Amazon, the links to them in the show notes below. So if you did want to read them, I would highly recommend. Um, but this is one of the... <laughs> the kind of transcripts I pulled from this because it hit me in so many different ways. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, but this could also be used for my clients and for people that need help. Like I can't control myself around food. How do I, you know, I feel so in control around food in the beginning, but then I feel so out of control at night or on the weekends or when somebody brings in donuts or when my husband brings in that latte with the frappuccino and all the, um, sprinkles. And I'm like, Oh, my kids are getting this. So I might as well eat this. Like, I feel like I have no control. Right. So we feel so in control and then so out of control around food and around our diets. And again, with how people perceive us and how we want them to perceive us, we're trying to control every little thing and we can't. And that is what's making us so depressed and so exhausted because we're trying to control the weather. We are trying to control like how mother nature does her thing, but she just does her thing. It doesn't matter if you've got something planned that day. If she's about to rain, she's about to rain. So I'm going to um, recite what I voice texted in the notes part of my phone folder um, because I was going to pick up my kids and I listened to this book on the way um, to picking them up from daycare. This was a passage from her book about two guys writing back and forth to each other about life. And he replies, your questions are unanswerable because you want to know how to live. One lives as one can. In contrast, there is no single or definite way because the individual path is the way that you make for yourself, which is never prescribed, which you don't know in advance, and which simply comes in being itself when you put one foot in front of the other. Confidently do the next thing and the most necessary thing. And if you're not sure what that is, then you're kidding yourself because you know what to do, but you just likely don't want to do it. And I did actually put some of my own words in here. So here's where it gets a little scrambled. And I started being like, yeah, and this and that. And I started putting my words in. So this kind of gets a little off track here with, with a little bit of me in there. But he continues by saying, that's the thing that you should do right now. So I look at this as thinking of, okay, I know that I need to heal my relationship with food, but I am scared shitless to start it. Like, what if I gain weight? I cannot gain any more weight. You know how many people tell me that or how many fitness influencers, oh my God, DM me and are like, Christy, I feel that I, I have so much, I have such an unhealthy relationship with food. What do I do? And 
nobody wants to actually put in the work, which is why they're too scared, which I understand. It took me so long, took me like a year to actually be like, okay, we're doing this. And then I did it on my own. And then I realized I needed a freaking coach because this is so hard. I needed somebody to hold my hand through this process because this fear that we have as women, because we are meant, you know, in society, it tells us to stay in this little box, be pretty, um, be professional, be delicate, be small, uh, go for your dreams and your goals, but don't go for the right ones, you know, be big, but not too big, like that type of thing. Look this way, act this way. And we're kind of breaking that mold right now. So he continues to say, right now, you're spending too much time in useless speculation, which will only cause more, more paralyzation by not making a confident choice and doing the next right thing. So do the next most necessary thing with conviction, and you'll always be heading in the right direction. And you'll always be doing something meaningful that's intended by fate. But in reality, the next most necessary and right thing means something different to all of us and and on any different day. What means something right to me could mean something totally opposite the very next day or within the next hour. But it could also mean something different for us day to day. And in reality, the next and most necessary thing is the best thing that any of us can aspire to do in any moment. And we must do it despite of not having any objective way to be sure that that's the right course of action. That is this really the right thing I should do? But because this is all we have, it's really the only thing that we have to do, which means it is the right thing. So right or wrong in the end, it's our course of action. When we stop hoping the situation's going to get better, when we start putting action toward bettering the situation and begin putting the outcome into our own hands, rather than putting it into faith or hoping somebody's going to change their mind about you or by waiting for the perfect conditions before you go out for that run or waiting until you lose weight to start going back to the gym. Like we need to stop hoping and just start doing. Our first step, a small one, even if it's a toe, it's the right one. It's better than being stuck in paralyzation and wondering about the outcomes either way and doing nothing at all, right? I, I once realized this where during this time of the depression that I was having of just like, Christy, go get up, go make content, go um, do that podcast, go write that email. Um, I'm just like, oh, I just want to stay and I just want to watch Netflix and I want to you know, do my little Legos or I want to do my paint by number or whatever I want to do. It's so easy to do that. And then I would be so exhausted by the end of the day. Even if I took a whole day to do that, I would be exhausted because I would be like, come on, Christy, go down there, go down there. And I would feel this intense guilt and shame, kind of like probably how some people feel, um, oh man, I should be going for that workout right now, but I don't want to, but I don't want to, but I don't want to. It's the bargaining with yourself that takes so much mental energy and it exhausts us completely right? And then we get mad at ourselves because we didn't do it. And now we're mad and exhausted. So now everybody comes home, our family comes home and they're like, Oh, how was your day? And you're like, it's stupid. It was dumb. I, what'd you get done? Don't want to talk about it. Why do you think I'm lazy? Ugh. And then you just walk away. Right? So that's the kind of thing that we go through, but really make that choice. Even if the choice is to stay in, right? The choice doesn't always have to be go out for that run or go to the gym. That choice can also be, I'm making the choice to stay in today. Whether it's the right or wrong choice, that's the choice I have. That's the choice I've made. And be firm with that choice because whether it's right or wrong, you'll figure it out and you'll be able to do something different the next time. Because 
hoping things are going to slow down or you're going to have more willpower tomorrow or that you're going to get better by the end of the month or waiting until uh, those pants fit you before you can go back out into society. It's like hoping every day is just 76 and sunny. Like some days are going to be, but most days won't be. Like, that's right. I, I'm, I'm going to rain on your parade right now and say, today's not going to be your best day, but it probably won't be your worst, right? So once you accept the fact that nothing is certain and that you're going to fail, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to go down the wrong path, you're going to be wrong sometimes, you're finally going to accept the fact that even if you can't control everything, you can still make those small steps into progress. But that's not sexy, is it? No, we want this giant transformation. We want this like 30-day ketosis, intermittent fasting, just bomb dropped on us to where we lost 30 pounds in one month. And we want to be like, look at my before and after photos. I am a boss. This is how I did it. Like we want those likes. We want those shares. We want all of that attention because that makes us feel good. Shit makes me feel good, right? Like I'm, I'm not going to say it doesn't. But this is how we become so unhappy. We were so in control, right? Because diets, they make us live in a bubble. They make us uh, not go out to eat, uh, not drink anymore or drink things that we don't want to drink, right? I am so sick of vodka sodas. Like I can't ever drink one again because that's all I used to drink. Like I'm so sick of them. I don't even touch vodka anymore. It's crazy. So the sexy thing is often the thing that we probably shouldn't be doing because we've been doing it. We've been doing the quick trendy six day abs or the, uh, lose 10 pounds in a week type thing because we're like, we just want to get a jump start. We just want to get a jump start. But what does that do? It takes us to that extreme. And then that extreme will ultimately want to go to the other extreme. So if we avoid the extremes, in control, in dieting, in, in lives. If we just realize like, Hey, like I'm okay living in the gray. Some days I might be a little darker gray. Other days I might be a little lighter gray, but that's truly balanced without being on the edge each time we kind of find that middle ground. So I want to, I'm kind of afraid to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but I, you need to hear this because I needed to hear this too. You're never going to make everyone happy. You're never going to be happy all the time. You're never going to stay at your most desired weight. You're never going to hit that weight and stay there forever. Your body will change over time. You will be bigger and smaller than you are right now throughout the rest of your life, whether you like it or not. You will age. You will have bad days. You will cry. You will mess up. You will make so many necessary mistakes. But that is living. Give up hope of ever feeling totally in control. Things are going to be okay. Stop living life like this is a dress rehearsal, okay? You are center stage right now at this very moment, okay? Living like life is a dress rehearsal is like, okay, well, I'll do it next week. Like right now, this week, I'm just going to, I need to just, oh, just decompress. I need to, oh, but that happens every week. We say the same thing every single week but we're doing it in the spotlight. We are center stage. This is the show because living in a bubble doesn't help you perform in the spotlight just because you're too afraid to make a mistake, right? It keeps us from living life. So understand that the most 
appalling and uncomfortable thing that you're afraid to experience, it's already happened. It's happening right now. You're already living in your nightmare. Because once you realize that you don't need that definite need of security, that you don't need that security blanket of, you know what, everything's going to be okay if you just stay in bed, right? Like nothing can happen to you if you don't do anything. You can't fail if you just stay in bed, right? Like, cause you didn't do anything. But once you realize that you don't need that definite need of that security, right? That's when you can actually live off of your insecurity and imperfections. That's when you actually live. That's when you're actually truly free from mastering your time and mastering your health or mastering yourself, right? That's a lifelong process, mastering yourself, because you change, your goals change as you age, as you get older, as you get wiser. So why do we still have that same goal of hitting that three-digit number on the scale that we've had for 20 plus years now? That same one. Why is that? have to be the same, but everything else is changing because often we think, well, once I get to that weight is when I'll be happy. That's when I'm going to be more confident. That's when I'm going to trust myself around food, right? That's when I'll be happier. Once we free ourselves from uncertainty and tragedy of gaining weight, uncertainty and tragedy of people thinking that, you know, oh, she's gained weight or talking about us. That's a big thing that we fear as well. Or people saying, oh, have you seen so-and-so lately? Oh, she's gained weight. Or not fitting into the pants that used to be super loose on you. Once we free ourselves from the uncertainty and the tragedy of that, that's when we'll really be happy. That's when we'll feel liberated. And once we realize that we don't really need to get everything right, and we don't need to get everything done, and that we can wear that sleeveless dress to that wedding, even though you know, our arms may be a little bit more looser than we like, we'll realize that nobody really cares about how our arms look because everyone there is so worried about how they look and what you think of them. See, without guilt or shame, you're going to focus on doing the few things that actually matter and count in life, okay? And I do have to say, uh, when I was reading Anna Lemke's book, I was thinking and she was saying things at the same time. So I might be repeating some of her quotes and her words here. That was just one of them. So I just want to lay that out there because this book was phenomenal. Once you realize that you're going to disappoint people, that you will get out of line, that you will be unhappy, that you're going to disappoint yourself. Once you realize that, you're going to find that the victim inside of you dies and the hero begins to take over. Because when you're open enough to accept how things really are, you're open enough to see how good things really are too. So if you're listening to this correctly, you're going to notice that you don't feel despair, even though I told you that today is not going to be a good day, the best day ever, right? But you probably feel like a huge weight's been lifted off your shoulders and that you suddenly have this like burst of motivation and energy to do something, anything, right? But that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what this whole process is about with intuitive eating. I say this all the time. And if you've listened to my podcast in the past, you're going to hear it again. Food is just the gateway, right? Food is just the gateway to so many things in life that, that we can open up. Like there's so much that we're holding back within ourselves and, and we can start with food. 
But from there, you then have the tools to, to create a happier life, a better relationship with your finances, a better relationship with your family, a better relationship with your playtime, with rest time, with work time. Um, you just have a healthier relationship because you start to see the signs of the imbalance because that's all this is. We're, we're trying to, to control so much with dieting and with our bodies and the shapes of our bodies that it's actually making us lose control right? In, uh, in golf, the golf swing, right? I, if you don't play golf, don't worry. It's still going to make sense. I was like death gripping the club because I'm trying to hit it perfectly. I'm trying to swing back, blah, blah, blah. And one of my friends goes, Christy, you, you've got like a death grip on that thing. He's like, loosen it up. I'm like, no, cause then I'm just going to throw it when I hit it. He goes, trust me. I loosened the grip and it felt like I didn't even swing the club at all. I was like, oh my gosh, it feels like I'm just like, we like a little piece of paper is floating in the wind. I hit the ball further than I had ever hit it, and it felt effortless. That's what this is. The tighter you squeeze, the worse things are going to get, the more control you're going to lose, right? Kind of like when your car, if you've ever driven on ice, (laughs) I'm from Michigan, that's like we pretty much learn how to drive on ice. And what you do, if you start swerving and you lose control of your car, you take your foot off the gas and you actually just hold the wheel very lightly. If you squeeze and try and turn, it makes it worse and you'll actually turn quicker. But if you kind of loosen your grip and just allow the wheel to move throughout your hands, you actually glide and then you can start gaining control. So that's what I'm trying to say here is that your need for control comes from your fear of uncertainty, like this need for safety, constant, I need to know this is going to work for me, but nothing worthwhile in life is going to give you that, that assurance. You won't have it. It's just not, it's not there. And I think maybe it's because of the pandemic. Maybe it's because we stayed home for a while. I'm not sure what it was, but after 2020, I feel like we all got a little bit more scared. We all kind of, um, just, got a little more like, oh, I need my security blanket all the time now. And it's like, we're afraid to make mistakes. We're afraid to fail more now than ever. Um, we're as a nation, just more depressed. We're, um, have more anxiety. Uh, there's so much going on in our lives that we just feel like we need to control, but we don't have control over. So be okay with that. Be okay with, with not having control because you won't like, it's, it's just not, it's not going to happen. You're not going to have control over everything. Best thing you could do is the next right step, the next necessary thing, right? And sometimes that could mean taking a nap. If you're overworked and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just, this is too much. But naps are for um, you know weak people or I'm not supposed to take a nap. I, I could be doing something. I could be folding laundry. I could be getting that email done um, instead of taking a nap. But don't forget your mental health is also a part of your physical health. Like that counts too. And if you're exhausted, everyone around you is going to be exhausted. So loosen that Kung Fu grip, friends, loosen it because it's making you lose control. All right, my friends, uh, that is all I have for you today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for kind of just hearing my theory about this. And yes, this absolutely goes hand in hand with my aligned eating course, which if you are interested in working with me in any capacity, um, schedule that call. There's a link below, a discovery call to work with me. And 
it's completely stress-free. I'm not going to be like, Hey, like you gotta buy this. You gotta sign up for this. Do it now. Give me your credit card number. Like I don't work like that at all. Uh, what it is, is we just kind of get to know each other. I want to first know if we'd be a good fit together. There's many times when I'm like, you know what? I, I think this person would be better for you. Or, you know, if you go here or this, or, you know, this, this isn't quite what you're looking for. I'm not here to waste your time or your money. Uh, I just want to help you. If you're listening to this podcast, you've already helped yourself plenty. Uh, but if you need that extra help, if you need that, that handholding, that guidance of what do I do next? How do I do this? How do I take on this? Uh, I'm here for you. So schedule that call. And um, if anything, you'll walk out with uh, nine steps to help heal your relationship with food, which you can do on your own. So, and if not, I'll definitely, you know, let you know the, the packages that I have uh, that would be best for you. So, all right, my friends, uh, if you could as well, oh my gosh, if this, if this episode resonated with you, if you can give this episode a five-star review, if you could rate this episode, if you could subscribe to my podcast, share what this does is it hits the algorithm and it helps get it reach out to more people. So it will help more people. So, um, again, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be here without you. So you do what you want to do. Um, I'm just so grateful that you're here and I, I can't thank you enough. Again, this cuddle, this, this cuddle aggression's coming. It's coming. I feel it. I just want to squeeze you and say, oh, I love you. Give you big hugs. But, um, bouncing it out here we go all right my friends thank you for listening until next time intuitively strong out